Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Greg Laurie Podcast, a ministry supported by Harvest Partners. I'm Greg Laurie, encouraging you. If you want to find out more about Harvest Ministries and learn more about how to become a Harvest Partner, just go to harvest.org. Chuck Smith asked me to come down and do a Bible study at his church where he pastors, Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. And around 1989, a Monday night Bible study that I did, and it was largely attended by young people, and the place was packed out, and young kids were coming to Christ as 50, 60, 70 a week. It was quite amazing. And Chuck had this vision, and he came up to me with this idea, Greg, why don't we take what the Lord is doing on Monday nights to a larger venue? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, sort of like a Billy Graham crusade. And then I asked him where he wanted to do it. And he said the Pacific Amphitheater, which is a large venue not far from Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. And I said, well, Chuck, that's a pretty big place, isn't it? And his response was, well, Greg, we serve a pretty big God. And that was the beginning of what we know now as our Harvest Crusades that have been going on for some 23 years. And we've seen hundreds of thousands of people uh, attend and come to faith in Christ. And Let's give credit where credit is due. Chuck had the original vision for this ministry, and so we're thankful uh, that God has raised up such a man as Pastor Chuck Smith. Well, let's listen to this final portion of your interview with Pastor Chuck. You asked him about his current health challenges. You recently disclosed that you have cancer in your right lung. That's right. And uh, I remember hearing you say this. We had a discussion on the Saturday before, and and you told your congregation at Calvary that uh, you have perfect peace. Oh, yes. As you revealed this. And and what you said, I'm quoting it. I'm sure you could say it again. But you said, no fear, no concern. The Lord's going to take care of it, whatever it is. The worst thing that could happen is I could die, but that's not so bad being a child of the Lord. You betcha. You believe that? I believe that. Tell what is that perfect peace? Well, you know, you can't, uh, how can you explain it? A peace that passes understanding. That's right. And, and passes description, you know. Right. You don't, you can't understand it yourself, but you just know you have it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, comes by commitment to the Lord. I yeah. mean, it's just all in his hands. And so you know that he's watching over and whatever he wants, you know, that's best for me. And so that's what I want. Do you ever have doubts, Chuck? Just about why is this happening? This oh, isn't right, or no, no way. <laughs> are you? A, do you have fears? No fears. Do you don't ever have things that frighten you. No. Boo! That didn't work. <laughs> Chuck, you're. Um, the thing is, knowing Chuck, I believe what he's saying because he lives what he says. You know, you're, you've been a model on running the race of life. And uh, you, I, you know, we've seen you start your race. We've talked about that tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe middle point somewhere around the Jesus movement. Yeah. And now, you know, you're coming to a point in life where I, you know, the Lord may give you many more years. We don't Maybe know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But you're coming to where you're you're thinking about finishing the race. Yes. Um, Billy Graham was asked the question in an interview: If you were to do things over again. Would you do it differently? He said, yes, I would study more. I would pray more. I would travel less, take less speaking engagements. If I had it to do over again, I'd spend more time in meditation and prayer, just telling the Lord how much I love him. And I'm looking forward to the time that we're going to spend together for eternity. Chuck, if you were going to do things over again, would you do anything differently? Greg, I think that the Lord had 
charge of the whole thing, and so I wouldn't try and improve on his program. (laughs) What has been the best decision of your life? Marrying Kay. (laughs) I thought you would say that. What's your most embarrassing moment? (laughs) I've had that. (laughs) What comes to mind? Well, I was in New Guinea uh, speaking for missionaries, uh, and uh, we had an assistant pastor at uh, Calvary Chapel called Romaine. Yes. And Romaine had a favorite uh, kind of a saying, you know, that he was just blessed out of his gourd. Yes, I remember him saying uh, that. Yeah, and uh, so I... uh, was sort of closing up and telling them what a blessing it was to be with them that week and be teaching the word and and all and just the wonderful time uh, that we'd had there and I said I've just been blessed out of my gourd and uh, I didn't realize until they all broke up and I I lost them because the New Guinea natives wore these gourds over their private parts (laughs) you don't want to be blessed out of that no (laughs) yeah that's great and I, and it hit me, you know, because I'd seen pictures, and I thought, oh my, you know, that's the worst blooper I ever made, you know. That's the worst. It's not too bad. Do you remember your first sermon, Chuck? Yes, I do. Well, what did you preach on? Well, I preached on, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Hmm. If you were going to give one last sermon, what would it be on? I think it would probably be on just uh, preparedness because the Lord is coming soon. Yeah. And you've been preaching that for years. Yes. That means you've been preaching your last sermon for years in varying ways. Not yes. that you're saying the same thing. but <laughs> this <last> Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but you've returned to this theme over and over yes, again. Oh my, yes. the, the return of Christ. Why has that been such an important theme to you in your preaching over the years? Telling people that Jesus is coming back again. Well, I think that actually uh, it, it, there's sort of three things that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that first of all, it uh, gives us sort of a proper perspective concerning life. In other words, we don't have much time. Yeah. And so we need to use the time that we have wisely. And so I think that it keeps us on that path of just using the time wisely because, you know, I don't have that much time. And uh, so I think that that is a real impetus to yeah, us. Impetus, yeah, impetus, right, to the way you live right. and see things. Right? And so, um, so that's number one. That's number one. Right. Number two uh, is, uh, well, it, we have only one life and it will soon be passed. Sure. And only what's done for Christ will last. Right. And so looking at the eternal and realizing the value of the eternal over the temporal. Right. And I think that that, uh, again, you know, we need to be ready for our Lord when he comes. And then I think that Jesus did warn the disciples. And uh, it's in the scriptures that beware lest that day catches you unaware, you know. And, and the importance of being ready at any time. Because we don't know when he's coming. And he just left us with that, uh, you know, commission really to just be watchful and be ready. Because you don't know the day or the hour that the Son of Man is coming. And I've heard you say many times also that 
you know, it impacts the way that we live. He that has us so purifies himself, even as he is pure. Very definitely. So there's a purifying effect on our life as well. It, you've started a church that has turned into a movement of churches around the world. It's called Calvary Chapel. They have various names. Uh, you know, we're called Harvest. Uh, Mike is Horizon. Uh, John Corson is Applegate. But it's a ministry philosophy in a nutshell, like, like almost a summation. Calvary Chapel is what? It is the exposition of the Word of God, encouraging the people uh, to read the Word of God and expounding to them the Word of God. Uh, and and it's, it's really built on the Word of God. It, yeah. and, you know, it's just God honoring His Word as He said He would. He said He'd honor His Word even above His name. Right. And so uh, it's just uh, the movement has been built upon the solid teaching of the Word of God. Let me ask you some of the really important questions now that are burning on everyone's, I think, mind right now. Chuck Smith, what is your favorite color? (laughs) It all depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about eyes, my wife has the most beautiful blue eyes, and so blue would be the favorite color for eyes. Talk about lips. Well, I don't think blue would be my favorite color. (laughs) Unless they're very cold. (laughs) And hair is not so good either. (laughs) Blue hair. So, but you you like blue. Yes. What's your favorite kind of food? Oh, my. Uh, Rack of lamb. Oh, rack of lamb. Yeah. What's your favorite song? The Love of God. Mm. How's that go? The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. The love of God. Yes. Okay, right. Goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Why is that your favorite song? Well, I think that's probably the first song I sang as a solo in church when I was a kid. How old were you? Oh, I was 14. (laughs) Nice. What is your favorite flower? Roses. You like roses? Yes. What about, do you have a favorite bird? Yes, I like, well, there's a couple, probably a blue jay and a meadowlark. I hate seagulls. <laughs> Do you like seagulls? Well, they steal your lunch. <laughs> well, that's growing up at Harbor High. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what natural gift would you have liked to possess? I mean, you wanted to be a doctor. You ended up as a pastor, teacher. Is it, have you ever thought, man, I wish I could have done this? Well, I, I really admire musicians. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to have had probably the gift like Dennis of playing in the guitar. And, uh, you know, I like, I like music. And uh, I would like to have been proficient in an instrument. You, you know, know, I would like, I've always thought I wish I could play guitar. Maybe in heaven we'll both have like, <laughs> like Elvis hair and we'll be rocking out in guitar. That'd be fun. It'd be fun. Who are your heroes? Oh, Billy Graham definitely is one of my heroes. And you've yes. gotten to know Billy Graham? I've had that privilege, yes. He had great, or has, uh, I've heard him speak of you many times, uh, of just his admiration for you and, uh, and the work that God gave to you. And uh, he, he really thinks very highly of you. So I know it's a, a mutual feeling. Mutual admiration. I remember you telling the story of, uh, we were having lunch, you and I and Franklin, his son, and Jonathan, my son, and you told the story of when you went and heard Billy Graham for the first time yes. at a Youth for Christ meeting, and he wasn't as well known as he was to become later when he did his tent meeting in Los Angeles in 1949, but you even remembered his sermon. 
That's right. Yeah, what did he preach on? Well, actually, it was at Anaheim High School, and it was at Youth for Christ on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... Uh, Anaheim High School? Yeah, at the wow. auditorium there. And uh, he was saying, you know, that uh, Hitler wa- raised the swastika and thousands of German youth marched under the swastika, many of them to their death. And, uh, but those that died for Hitler died in vain. And uh, Stalin raised the hammer and sickle, and millions of Russian youth marched under the banner of the hammer and sickle, many to their death, but those that died uh, you know, under the hammer and sickle died in vain. He said, Jesus raised the cross. And he said, through the years, thousands of young people have, watched, or have marched under the banner of the cross, many of them to their death, but those who died for Christ never died in vain. Amen. And that really stuck in yeah. my mind. That'll still preach, wouldn't it? Yeah, that was good. That's, that's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> what makes you angry, Chuck? Hmm. Questions like this, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> You've never been asked such weird questions, have you? <laughs> never thought about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, what makes you laugh? What do you find funny? My grandkids. Yeah, they're always fun, aren't yeah. they? How do you want to be remembered, Chuck? Just as one who loves the Word of God and loves the people of God. Amen. And you are known for that now. Yeah. So you're already there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Well, Chuck, you mentioned that you like to sing, and maybe you can't play guitar, but you can belt a tune, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, I've asked Dennis Agajanian to come out here and, and play guitar, okay. and we're going to have you sing a song. All right. Well, you want to hear Chuck Smith sing a song? of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell the guilty pair Bowed down with care, God gave His Son to win. His erring child, He reconciled and pardoned from His sin. O love of God, how rich, how pure. How measureless and strong It shall forevermore endure The saints and angels' song Fantastic. Chuck, anything as we close tonight, I'd like to ask you to pray for us. 
uh, really would mean a lot to all of us. Uh, we don't know what challenges we're going to face. Uh, we've heard about your life and the twists and turns, the highs, the lows, but the love of God, as you've just sung, has always been there, and you've always trusted in Him. But uh, any final thought of something you would like to say to us about serving the Lord, following the Lord, that is really important to you? We are living in a rapidly changing world. The important thing is that we hold on to an unchanging Christ. And that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you're living in uncertain kind of conditions, it's just important that you have an anchor that doesn't change. And so just hold on to our unchanging Christ. Hold the course. Hold the course. (laughs) You bet. Chuck, would you pray for us? Oh, yes. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that are going to be given to us in this coming year. And Lord, we look forward to that which you have planned and that which you are going to do. And Lord, we know that already you've got the whole thing laid out. And so as we, Lord, just uh, go by faith day by day, just seeking, Lord, to know your will and to do your will, we pray, Father, that you'll just guide us and use us as you see fit that we, Lord, might be instruments through which you can accomplish your eternal purposes. And so, Lord, bless, we pray, as, Lord, we seek to follow you and be instruments, Lord, through which you can accomplish your eternal purposes and know the blessings and the joy of just being your servants here on earth. So thank you, Lord, for what you've done, and we look forward uh, for what you're planning to do and going to do as we just surrender and submit our ways unto you. Bless you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus and all of his love and all that he's done for us. And Lord, just may we go forth inspired by your spirit, looking forward to the things that you want to accomplish through our lives as we surrender and yield ourselves fully to you. In Jesus' name, Father, amen. 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 Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Harvest Ministries, follow this show and consider supporting it. Just go to harvest.org. And to find out how to know God personally, go to harvest.org and click on Know God.